Dumb Athletics, a husband and wife podcast where one sports nut and one sports butt recap sports documentaries and the latest sports news. I'm Heather. And I'm Norman Greenbaum. Who? The spirit in the sky guy. <laughs> Wait, the singer? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That was the first one I thought of. But that doesn't even make sense why you would think of that. I don't know. Um, welcome to Dumb Athletics. This is episode 13. 13! Friday the 13th. Or lucky number 13. Jason Voorhees. Um, That's what we're talking about today. Just kidding. I hope not. (laughs) Um, so we're gonna start weekly Weekly recap. You stole it from me. Yes. That's rude. Um, what'd you do this week? Um, I went to work and then... I, let's see, Friday we had off because Veterans Day, and then, so Thursday I went out for one of my coworkers' 21st birthdays. I am not 21 anymore, and felt very old the next day. And we celebrated your brother's birthday, and we did a little Target trip, got some Christmas decorations. Okay, I'm the only one excited, who cares? (laughs) And I think that was it. Worked more? It's yeah. almost Thanksgiving break for us. Yeah. Woo, woo. And what about you? Jeez, why is <laughs> every time I have to ask you, hey, like, I always just assume I'm over you're here gonna... waiting. I'm over here. I always just assume you're going to jump in and be like, well, I did blah, blah, blah. No. Well, I hid mine because you tend to steal off of mine. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I took a couple CSET tests last week. For those Californian sports butts in the room. It has nothing to do with sports. I know. It's an education test. Yeah, for uh, teaching. And so I took those last Tuesday and Friday. We'll get the results on those in a couple weeks, hopefully. Um, Last Friday was my brother's birthday. We went to dinner Thursday and Friday. Well, you um, went to dinner Thursday. I, I did. did not. Um, then just lazy weekend. We, like you said, we went shopping Target, got some stuff, and uh, and then this past like week and a half, been collecting football gear from the kids because our season's over and time to give it back. And you're not only a coach but an equipment manager too. Yeah. Equipment head equipment. Head of the equipment. Uh, equipment manager is <gasps> suffice, but before head of equipment. No. So the documentary for this week, um, we've been talking about doing different sports, and so like we've I'm done, in charge of the different sports. We've done a lot of like baseball and football and we've basketball. We've done a lot of football and basketball. Yeah, so we've done like one baseball, and that was Bo. So um. We we did one weird one that was wrestling, and then we did the American Gladiators one. This one we went to um, Peacock uh, Network and yeah. found one. It's the Pretending I'm Superman, the Tony Hawk video game story. So if you like skateboarding, stick around. If you like video games, also stick around. And if you know who Tony Hawk is, good for you. you Just should. kidding. Everyone knows who Tony Hawk is. Even I do. So, um, yeah, this documentary was about, like, kind of the lead up to the Tony Hawk video games, and let's get into it. Yeah. So, Tony Hawk, as I think, like, everyone knows, like, 
is a skateboarder. Still a skateboarder. He's what, like... 40-something years old? Yeah, and he's still boarding. That sounded real lame. I'm so sorry. Um, So the documentary kind of... You can tell who didn't skateboard. Hey, I actually did have a skateboard. He's still boarding. (laughs) I knew a lot of skateboarders in high school. Anyway, um, they introduced a bunch of pro skaters throughout the documentary. Most of them they talked to for about, like, two seconds. Um, I recognized a couple names. I did not because Ryan Sheckler was not there. It's because Ryan Sheckler was <laughs> and not there. And Bam Margera was not there. But they introduced Steve Caballero. Caballero, Caballero. for people that know that the double L makes the Y sound. I wasn't sure if he... Anyway, uh, <laughs> you're so nice. He said scat, uh, scatboarding. <laughs> I can't today. So the skateboarding crashed in the early 80s, like around 81. Like it was rising in the 70s. It was really popular. And then in the 80s, the early 80s, skate parks just closed. So there wasn't anywhere to skate. So everyone went from skating and competing in skate parks to working on backyard ramps. And they had to learn how to entertain themselves by skating wherever they could. And that kind of led into street skating, like street skateboarding, which is... What became more popular in the late 80s, early 90s. They talked about how skateboarding kind of went underground for a lot of the 80s. And um, it did, like, it kind of had, like, a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Like, it was up and then it was down. It was up and it was down. It did that a couple times. But, um, like, late 80s, it started kind of getting bigger. Um, The new style, they were acrobatic and flashy. Like, they were... Skating around, like, but they were also doing just tricks like, and... on the street. They weren't like at a park. Yeah, and so I mean, they they said that kids loved it because their parents hated it. Like, yeah, so. it looked dangerous. They're doing all these like ollies and whatever. I don't know what an ollie is, to be honest. That's just the one skateboard term I know. So um, they said that it uh, came back mainstream around 1986. Um, that's when the Bones Brigade show was kind of introduced. Stacey Peralta was the director of these videos. And, and he was also in it. And he was in it. And he, it was like the first skateboarding videos that highlighted the skaters and their skills. It was kind of, it was like really flashy and cool. Um, the first of several videos produced by the Powell Peralta company and showcased to members of the Bones Brigade skateboarding team. It included... Steve Caballero, I cannot say that, Tony Hawk, Mike McGill, Lance Mountain, Rodney Mullen, Stacey Peralta, and... I think it's Per Per Willander. Willander. Um, It was expected just to sell 300 copies on VHS. If you remember those, raise your hand. (laughs) But it sold 30,000, and skaters became more popular. And so they started being asked to perform for movies and commercials. Um, And, I mean, it was just, like, kind of the rise of, like, the individuals that were skateboarding. Not Mm -hmm. so much, like, just the skateboarding as, like, a sport. Yeah. And um, then, like, the late 80s, early 90s, um, vert skating was popular, but it was not accessible to everybody because not everybody had a skate park or not everybody was able to get to the big half pipe skate for uh, skate ramps and stuff like that and so um they um street skating like you said became more popular 
And yeah, um, yeah. And then skating kind of went through another one of those roller coaster periods where it kind of rose because it was popular, and then it kind of fell again uh, because of the the vert skating was kind of on its way out. So then they introduced Tony Hawk, which we all know, and he described himself at that time in the late '80s as a fading vert skater. Uh, but he started making money editing videos because he was into that, but he didn't want to give up skateboarding. Um, but, like, the decline in skateboarding made the pros and the enthusiasts question, like, their commitment to the sport because a lot of people were just like, well, I'm not making money off of this. Like, if they were a pro, no one's paying them. But other people were just like, forget it. I'm going to keep skateboarding. Like, that's my passion. So then we get into the 90s with skateboarding and they kind of described skateboarding as at that time as raw and it was a small group mentality like almost like a cult following um they talked about rodney mullen he created he was he was part of that yeah he was part of the the bone brigade yeah he started creating different kinds of videos with tricks for street skating but they were more raw like they would show like the wipeouts and stuff and just like it made it more accessible and he's actually credited with creating around like two thirds of the tricks that you see now. And those videos were called like rubbish heap was like was the whole branding. One video. One was video. Rubbish heap. They didn't explain that very well. Yep. So the video is created to highlight skateboarding tricks. Um, it was directed directed by Spike Jones. Mm. Um, the videos kind of meant to look rough and like not clean and polished like they knew what they were doing all the time and mm-hmm. like it was basically like oh just their motto is kind of just get the trick and meaning no matter how bad it looked if you landed it like it it was it was on the film mm-hmm. and so-, so i stopped here because if you do recognize the spike jones name of course famous director yeah and so I kind of went through his whole thing. Oh my gosh. And so... Keep in mind, like, this documentary is very short. Yeah. So we might have a lot of... There's a there's a ah, Spike shoot. Jones tangent in here. Yeah. Um. So Spike Jones was best friends with Jeff Tremaine in high school. Yeah! Um, they shared a love of BMX. Um, he began uh, photographing BMX demos and was given a job taking pictures for Freestyling Magazine, which was a BMX magazine. Okay. Um, he created the Youth Culture magazines Homeboy and Dirt, which wow. the, the first one was a spinoff from the female-centered Sassy, <laughs> and it was that. aimed towards young boys. Sassy was? Sassy was aimed towards girls. Sassy and for boys. It was the spinoff for boys. So Dirt is Sassy dirt. for boys. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so then while he was shooting various BMX stuff um, in California... He was introduced to a bunch of skateboarders because skateboarders and BMX riders kind of use the same... Totally. Same equipment, or not same equipment, but the same kind of venue. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they're kind of all on the same plane of like those not extreme sports, but extreme sports. Yep. And so Jones formed a friendship with Mark Gonzalez, who was a co- co-owner of the newly formed Blind Skateboards. Ooh. And he began shooting photos with the Blind team, including Jason Lee, who they talked about in the... Yeah! video famous actor jason lee um, his fame includes mall rats alvin and the chipmunks and my name chipmunks. is earl um and those are the only three movies i can think of and shows yeah so um 
he was doing photos with the the team, including Jason Lee, Guy Mariano, and Rudy Johnson, who I believe Rudy Johnson's name was also in the documentary. Yeah, they mentioned a lot of people. Um, then Jones became a regular contributor to Trans World Skateboarding and was given a job at World Industries by Steve Rocco, who enlisted him to photograph advertisements and shoot promotional videos for his brand under the World Industries umbrella. Jones filmed, edited, and produced his first skateboarding video, Rubbish Heap, for World Industries in 1989. Okay. So that so he kind of went from BMX to mm-hmm. skateboarding. I, mean, I feel like that's a natural definitely that and BMX is a smaller. I w- I would say a smaller following than or a smaller like. But it was real- sport than skateboarding is. Yeah, but like it's definitely not as easy as skateboarding. No, but even then, skateboarding is really difficult. Yeah, coming from someone that's tried it. Yeah. So then, um, World Industries they were also the ones who ran Big Brother magazine. We've watched that documentary on Hulu. It was we did the rise and fall of Big Brother magazine. I was there. We have watched it. Um, so that, that was a skateboarding magazine. The contributors to the Big Brother magazine were Bam Margera, Steve-O, Chris Pontius, Spike Jones, Jeff Tremaine. Yeah. And then Johnny, Knox, Johnny Knoxville joined in later after he liked him filming. <laughs> they filmed him test self-defense equipment on himself. So that's, they liked that. Yep, they yep. had a, they had a, like a offshoot magazine that was full of like pranks and stuff like that so he was part of that so then they brought him in and so they were the ones who started the jackass franchise and (laughs) i'm i would like to think that jones and tremaine being part of the bmx circuit and then going into skateboarding and that whole thing is why there's so many like skateboarders and bmx riders like in the jackass film oh 100 percent because yeah. I mean, I mean, Bam Margera was a huge skateboarder for yeah. quite some time. Yeah, that. Anyway, and they, but they had like they have like all those connections. Yeah, like already. Dave, Dave, what's his name? Dave Mira or not Dave Mira? No, Matt Hoffman. <laughs> no, they're both skateboarders. Um, Matt Hoffman is in so many of the TV show episodes oh, yeah. or the the movies, the movies, and it's because I mean he was a BMX dude, and so was Spike Jones. And then I threw in there, just fun fact, he also directed music videos for Sabotage and Buddy Holly, which was apparently super big at one point. Oh my like god, on MTV. I love Buddy Holly by Weezer. <laughs> the video is so cool because yeah. like they insert, this is my tangent, they insert the band Weezer into an episode uh, of Happy, Happy Days. Days. You've never seen, you don't even know the song. No, but I read it on No. Um, but I was just gonna sing. Wait, that's copyrighted. No. We can't sing that. Nope. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was kind of like cool. How like this whole thing with uh, rubbish heap, old just skateboarding in the eighties connected with rubbish heap. Who was who? That kind of started with BMX, and and then that whole thing kind of branched off into the whole Jackass franchise. Like it's weird how it all kind of connects. Like, yeah. so I, I don't know. I, I thought that I was kind of cool. I think it's cool. I didn't even, they didn't mention Spike Jones at all. So it's kind of cool to yeah. find out that he was connected. Yeah. So <laughs> back to, back to our regularly scheduled programming, which is this documentary. So people loved the Rodney Mullen video and rubbish heap. So they started trying street skateboarding tricks because like they made it more accessible. So in 1995, the first X games was created in Rhode Island and like was on oh, TV. It's a weird place for right? it to I was thinking start. like for sure I was like, oh California. You would think like LA or like even just somewhere big, like 
San Francisco or New York. Sorry, Nebraskans. It started in Rhode Island. So Tony Hawk became the poster child for the X Games because he's kind of like a pretty boy. He has the long blonde hair. He's not what people expect a skater to look like. And he kind of changed people's minds about skateboarding. Well, not just him, but like the whole X Games because skateboarders are cool, but they're not just as a lot of people were thinking, punks that won't amount to anything. Like, they're amounting to something. Like, they're on the freaking X Games. They're on your TV. And with the X Games, it kind of brought skateboarding into people's homes. So this is when kind of skateboarding video games become popular, like the 80s, early 90s. Um, Tony Hawk talks about he remembers playing them and kind of what consoles he plays them on. Fun fact, like a huge video game nerd. Yeah, he was talking about how he kind of grew up during like the inception of video games and he remembers playing them all like on different like like, consoles and stuff. He liked going to arcades. Yeah, and so uh, they had a video or they had a video of him playing one of them and he was super young and he they're like, what do you? They were like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm skating around the city right now. I got to find a skate park to skate at. And it's like, jeez, he's so small. He's so young. It's so weird because, like, we know him as being, you know, a full-blown adult. Well, I remember, like, I I wasn't super into, like, the X Games and all that. But I remember when he hit the 900 and it was such a big deal. Like, I remember him at that. I remember him at that point of his career. Like, and around that time. Uh, but, like, before that, I had no clue who Tony mm-hmm. Hawk was. So, the video game 720 was the first video game. Um, not the very first video game Not the vi- first video game. First <laughs> skateboarding video game that was kind of introduced. Um, then the California games that had skateboarding in it, but it wasn't kind of the main focus yeah. of the game. It was kind of one it of the, like, like offshoots. It was one of those, of like, one... Wii sports games. Like, it had multiple sports in it. I don't it. think it was so much that as it was, like kind of running around like doing different things and you could like skateboard as like part of it oh, yeah and so kind of like gta kind of like that's what i'm assuming <laughs> the california the games first was. thing i think of um then the really big one that kind of hit uh, was on nintendo it was called skate or die um that's one of the ones that everybody remembers playing because it it was on nintendo and um that was like that came out like right around the time that video games started getting popular for like our generation. Was Did you Ninten- play that? No, you were too young. I didn't play it, but Nintendo 64 came out like around the time that we yeah. were starting to like get into video games and stuff. Um, but there were not too many skateboarding games on the market at that point. It well, was kind of those three and then kind of little like ones here and there. But yeah, people um, didn't think they were going to be popular. Yeah. So, something, it was definitely something that, like, had to be explored, and, like, the public had hesitation and negativity towards skateboarding games, just like I said earlier, bad impression of skaters, or just, like, didn't understand skateboarding, like, what it can be, or, like, how you would even do a game. So, Tony Hawk had a few ideas for a game, of course he did, being the little video game nerd he is. Um, Nintendo at one point came to meet with him, he pitched a game, and they were like, "Uh uh-uh, bye. He was like, whatever. So, Rockstar Games had a game ready to pitch to Tony Hawk, um, and him being, like, an avid gamer, like, he tested it out, he's like, I hate this. Like, he didn't like how hard it was to pick up and, like, master, he's like, I want something easy and accessible for people. Rockstar Games, also, who makes GTA? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a different company before it became Rockstar. I don't remember the name of it, though. Yeah. 
So then he was approached by Activision and their sub company Neversoft, which Neversoft was developing a skateboarding game, but needed someone to like tie to it. So they gave him a demo for the game. And the first thing he sees in there is like what looks like Bruce Willis with a gun strapped to his back on a skateboard. And he was like, that's hilarious. I love this for me. (laughs) And he's like, I want a game that's easy to pick up and play, but was like, authentic to skateboarding and like the culture and how you do it and a lot of the people talked about how like people want games to be hyper realistic and like oh like your board will break or your board will get scratched or whatever and they were just kind of like we're gonna make it like an easy game so people can do the things on there so never soft that made sense. Neversoft added a ton of household skater names and their likeness to the project. They because all agreed. Because they and their, their household names because of the X Games yeah. at that point. So, Tony ended up having to teach Neversoft everything about skateboarding. The names of different tricks and... Yeah, like, he was telling them, like, oh, there's no, like, front side this or back side that. Or, mm-hmm. like, he was basically, like, sh- teaching them skateboarding and teaching them tricks. Yeah, and, he said it was really hard. Yeah, going through, like, the names of them and stuff. And um, then they talked about how Neversoft had to find a balance between kind of reality and yeah. fun. Um, like, they were talking about if you fall, like, your player should get hurt. Like, in some of the games, like... Um, you would get hurt, you'd break, like, your leg or something, and then it would, like, slow you down or something because it, it has, like, a real-world kind of feel to it. Totally. But then that kind of takes away from all the fun you could be having at, like at doing the all same the time. Tricks. So then they also took a bunch of ideas from other games. Um, they talked about in one of the skate games, um, one of the levels was a downhill, like, concrete spillway. Like, think kind of the, the Thunder Road in Greece. Like where they're racing when they're racing in the like like the L.A. River kind of spillway, um, but it it went downhill and then it ended at a warehouse level that just had a big pool in the bottom, and um, NeverSoft noticed that the video game players would go down the spillway as quick as they could and then spend a half hour to an hour just playing around in the bottom of the pool trying tricks out on the uh, like in the game. And so they kind of took that and were like, hey, let's not do, like, these big, long levels. Let's just let the people have fun, like, in this level, Mm -hmm. just in the big pool. Like, that was basically their, like, mindset. Yeah. So it was kind of fun about the game, like, about them making it, at least. My favorite part was Tony Hawk having to actually do the tricks in that little suit with the little balls so they could get, like, the movements correct. Motion. The suit with the balls. Motion capture technology. Ball suit. Nope. Anyway, and he said it was really hard because, like, it's skin tight to you. You can't wear all your proper padding or anything. Um, and he's doing, like, these really dangerous tricks, like, all the way up to, like, a 900 in this little skin tight suit. Yeah. And I think that was just kind of funny because I didn't think about that, but... Um, the game ended up being loved by the skateboarders and, like, not skateboarders alike. They offered demos in restaurants, supermarkets, and video stores. Yeah, like, they were, there was part of the, like, part of the promotional series that, yeah. like, back in the 90s where you go into, like, Carl's Jr. and you would come out with your meal and, like, a, a CD. Like, yeah. it was one of those, like, they would go into stores and be like, hey, if they buy something, you give them this video game demo. And they talked about how there was a bunch of games on it. Like, it would have, um, like, 
downhill snowboarding, then it had skating, then it had like Crash Bandicoot or Donkey Kong or something on it. Like, did you ever get video games like that? Every once in a while, we had a few. I think they were like little from, mini ones. I got one from Quiznos about a bat. Yeah, and, and so taught me a song about echolocation. Yeah, but there was just a bunch of like different games on it, and so they said that you could play like up to five minutes or something of this game, and they said that everybody loved just the skateboarding part of it. And so, um, the, the game soundtrack became huge. Um, As well. You know who the band is. Goldfinger. I'm... Okay. They're a huge ska band. And so, <laughs> um, kind of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater, like, that That's that the was, name of the game that, for those that of you that don't know. That was the very first game, was Tony Hawk Pro Skater. It kind of took the world by storm. Like, like it completely blew up, like... People yeah. were not expecting it. Like, so to the, to the point where I mean, Activision might have seen how big this game was going to be, and they offered Tony Hawk a buyout of um, <laughs> future video game. Like um, the they they wanted to use like him as like kind of just his likeness in person, but they didn't want to kind of pay him for it. So they were kind of trying to buy him out for like half a million dollars. Yeah, and so and that was that included any royalties from additional games like. <laughs> They didn't want to pay him that either. <laughs> and so um, he, he was talking about how his career had just hit its stride and he had a house and a family and they weren't like struggling for money. So he declined the offer because he didn't feel like he needed the money. And that was... Which he was like, it's risky. Yeah, he was like, it's risky because you don't know what this thing's going to do. And it ended up being one of the greatest things he ever did because oh, yeah. he's worth over $140 million now. Woo-woo. And so. he's still famous. Yep. So, I only know, like, a couple, like, skate trick, like, names from watching Rocket Power. Do you know, like, anything? I mean, I know, I know Ollie's, like, where you just, like, jump the board up. Like. Really? Like, I thought yeah. it was, like, a little spin. That's the kickflip. Where you, like, kind of jump and the board just turns over, like, on its okay. axis. Um, uh, uh. I know the spins, they go by 180 degrees. So 900's like a zillion spins around. No, because the first one would be a 180 that's yeah. going up and coming back down the other way. Uh-huh. 360 would be All the, way. the other way. 520 is the, the next one. Or 540 is the next one. I believe you. 720 is the next one. Mm-hmm. And so that's two spins. And then 900 is two and a half spins. Whoo! Which is what Tony Hawk You could say he's the Tanya Harding of... Oh, Jesus. Of skateboarding. So, uh, two months before Tony Hawk Pro Skater was released, um, Tony Hawk hit the first 900 in, like, competition skating. It was a big deal. He had been trying to hit it for years. Yeah, and so people thought there was some sort of, like, planned build-up to him hitting it right before the game came out, but he says it wasn't planned. Um, I mean, he'd been working on it for years already. That's not his fault. Yeah, he had, he said he'd been trying the trick for a while, but he had been working on the video game for years leading up to that point. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't... He said he, he wouldn't do anything coordinated enough to have that happen. Yeah. And so he hits it, and then he says he gets home, and he calls the game, and they were like, we're already on it. <laughs> so they were already trying to put the 900 into the game, mm-hmm. and... But... He said, like, they're a few months from release and they're still, like, adding to this game yeah. because of what he's doing in his career. Like, it's it's definitely, like, they, they definitely worked with him on, 
like what he did and how big he was. Like, and he's really proud of that game yeah. for sure. So, like, the game like helped start the careers of many pro skaters, just because a lot of the skaters are talking about like, hey, like when I when I was a kid playing this, like it inspired me because I saw that I could do the tricks on the game. I taught myself how to skateboard, and would do all these cool tricks. Um, but also, it just like skyrocketed all the skaters, like skateboarders that were on the game like it just made their careers blow up like people were recognizing them because they were playing them as them in the game mm -hmm. so it completely changed tony hawk's life like he was getting recognized everywhere which from his twitter account that doesn't really happen anymore hilarious <laughs> i love him he's so funny and as soon as um the tony hawk pro skate pro skate pro skater pro skater pro skater hit the shelves um they already started working on number two and so this kind of spawned a bunch of sequel games um the they had Tony Hawk Pro I got these off the internet. Yeah. Um Tony Hawk Pro Skater two, three, four, um, Tony Hawk Underground one and two, American Skateland, the American Wasteland, Downhill Jam, Project Eight. And so he talks about how this is where he talked about um skating had hit another like kind of downslope. Yeah. And then the, uh, also the competing video game Skate had just come out. Um, so kind of, he said project eight was kind of where the video games kind of took a lapse, um, in like sales. Um, then they came out with proving ground motion vert and then ride, which was kind of the motion action game. Kind of like the Wii fit. Wii like, fit mixed with like guitar hero rock band. Yeah, And so like you're, he, he was taught, they showed him like pitching it like he was at some sort of Ted talk or something, but, or Not like a Ted talk. It was no, like but a, like the PlayStation it was like the Apple thing, like the PlayStation conference where they come out with like the new games and stuff. But it was this like plastic skateboard that sat on the ground and you could like push your foot by it or swing your foot by it. And it was supposed to capture like you were pushing off like you were yeah. riding it like doing all the movements yeah, and then you were supposed to like lean back on it and make it like spin and uh like on the ground and all that and then you were supposed to like kick off of it and like, just like a normal skateboard but um he admits that like it wasn't ready because the motion capture technology wasn't super like ready or it didn't mm -hmm. work correctly um so then the next game was shred and that was the game he wanted ride to be but um, at that point, he called it the plastics video games were out, mm -hmm. like Guitar Hero, Rock Band, kind of Wii those, Fit, those type of those things. Those hit like a big peak, and then they were just gone. Like, I mean, no one freaking plays those anymore. Yeah, I got the Rock Band guitar and drums sitting right there in the <laughs> corner. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> we don't play that. Yep. And so then they came out with Pro Skater HD, uh, Thug Pro, Shred Session, Pro Skater 5 came out. I remember that when PS4 came out. It was a big thing about Pro Skater 5. Um, like, because 1, 2, 3, and 4 were super good. Pro Skater mm -hmm. 5 came out. Um, and then Skate Jam was the most recent one in 2018. Mm, okay. So, like, the first few games were hits, but then sales declined. As more and more games came out, like also in addition, like the games weren't as good as they were. They kept just adding stuff and adding stuff. And some people talked about how it just became like, like a caricature of like what it originally was. Like they're adding like talking to other people in the game and different things you had to do instead of just skateboarding. Yeah. So what was cool about the games though is that like they changed the fame status for all the skaters and the bands whose songs were in the game including bad religion and um 
Goldfinger. No idea. <laughs> and they created more of a... Fa- um, Goldfinger is the band that sang the theme song. And so, like, the lead singer in the documentary literally talked about how they had a concert in London. And, like, it was kind of... It was their first time there. Like, they'd done a whole, like, U.S. tour. And then they were over in London. And, like, they're playing their songs, whatever. Crowd's quiet. They start playing the Tony Hawk theme song, the Superman, whatever. And... Everyone flips out because they're like, "Oh my God, this is Tony Hawking!" So yeah, and he talked and he talked about how like um, people in like countries across the world, like third world countries and stuff, that if they have ever seen or played that game, he was mm-hmm. like, "Cause it wasn't the full song, but it was like the same." It was the same, like, The vamp. same part of the track just replayed over and over and over again. Like which it does you, in video which games. Which you do on a title screen or whatever, because mm-hmm. you play a certain amount, and then it reverts to the very beginning of, like, the slideshow or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it restarts. But they talked about how, like, you can connect with people through that. Like, if you hear that song, and you, you're you in some other country, and you and somebody else can know that that's from that, like, you mm-hmm. connect right there. But people talked about how it created more of a fan, like, the games created more of a fan base for skateboarding. Like, it made people connect. Like, there were people that had never skateboarded before talking to people that were avid skateboarders about doing different tricks because they were all doing, like, playing this game. So it was really kind of cool. And in a way, like, skateboarding had progressed because of the game. And they owe a lot of credit to it. Like, it's in the Olympics now. It's... More mainstream. The X Games are still a thing. I, I'm a little off on that. I what? don't think it should be an Olympic sport. I think it should. It's difficult. I, I, they have the X Games. The X Games were created for skateboarding. But, Why did it need hey, to be in the, the Olympics? The NBA was created for basketball. Why is True. that in the Olympics? Because that's also like a world sport. Um, skateboarding is a world sport. Hello. And see, and this is where you and I are going to disagree. Skateboarding is a hobby. It's You're not a, a sport. hobby. Like we're doing dumb athletics. And it's about sports and stuff. Skateboarding is totally a sport, though. It's a sport, but it's a hobby. Have you seen Brink? It's a nobody cares about <laughs> Brink. It's a hobby. I don't know. Let us know. That's Do you just, think skateboarding is a hobby or is it a sport? That's just me. Sport, sport, sport. Hey, chill out. So, um, skateboarding is a lot more mainstream now. Like the the high school I work at, like so many kids ride their skateboards to school. Skateboards, longboards. There's one kid that. He Does he have a, one of those little penny boards? He has one of those electric skateboards that it's too fat. That's not a skateboard. It's too fat to fit in the like skateboard rack, and so there's he, a skateboard rack. Yeah, and so he he brings it to our office every day. Back puts in, it in my office. day, you had to carry your skateboards to class, and now you can't because they can be used as weapons. <gasps> there you go. Why didn't my high school think of that? So, oh, right, we didn't have security, because um, I'm from the sticks. The X Games are super big, and, I mean, it's all people trying to, like, kind of one-up the next trick, like Tony Hawk hit the 900, I'm sure somebody's hit the, what, what, 3,000, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't 11, know math. 11, 20, 11... 1080? 1080. 1-800. Yeah, I'm sure somebody's hit the first 1080, and then somebody's hit the first whatever after that. Like, it's just people trying to one-up the next big trick. and Do all the things. Then, like, they'll get one that, like, somebody will hit something that they've never seen before, and they do something new, and then it gets named after them. And, mm-hmm. Or they get to name it themselves. Like, Poor Tony Hawk never had a thing named after him well, except a video game. Well, it's kind of like the whole, like, 
Sean White thing with snowboarding. Like, he hit the, the first... flying tomato? Yes, but not just his nickname, but he hit the corkscrew, and he got to name it. Like, no. I've never heard of it. Oh, it's pretty big We'll now. have to watch a documentary about him. Or you just watch the Olympics. No. And so, um, yeah, then they also talk about... Like, this is kind of one of the end, like, points of it was just kind of people from different backgrounds and people who, like, were African-American or female skateboarders. Like, they had those in the game. and Like, professional skateboarders yeah. in the game. And they kind of were able to see, like, hey, they put them in the game. Like, I could be in the game. Mm-hmm. Like Cause I like doing that, but I feel like I'm the only one. And yeah. helped and... them see, like, their future. So... Tony Hawk is still, as I think everyone knows, super humble. Fame I mean, literally that, that did not my, go to his head. That was my vibe I got from him. Oh my like, gosh, during people the were saying that too. He's just like, oh yeah, I'm just so grateful for this. And oh shucks, like yeah. he's such a sweetheart. And he, he's just living his life with his family. And like you said on Twitter, he doesn't get recognized a lot of places. My favorite one was. I think it was the... Was it the airport? The, it was one of the airport ones where he they were like, oh, your name's Tony Hawk. He's like the skateboarder dude. And he was like, yep. And he, the guy was like, I wonder what he's up to now. And he goes, this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to come across Tony Hawk in an airport or anywhere. I think that would well, be hilarious. And he's been, he's been doing videos, um, at, at least like early TikTok kind of during the pandemic. And, um, oh, the pandemic. Where he was... Well, he was driving around in his car, and, like, he was seeing, like, kids skating or going to skate parks, and then um, he was like, oh, show me a trick, and they would hit the trick, and he would, like, give him a new skateboard. What? Like, yeah, it was just, Ugh. yeah, like, he's such Maybe a nice dude. I shouldn't dude have gotten and, rid of my skateboard. Yeah. Well, that's, that was another thing you had on here. What, what was your experience with skateboarding? Since um, you had so many friends that were skateboarders. Um, not friends, people I knew. Um... <laughs> There, let's see, I, um, really, I really liked Rocket Power. Sorry, there was something going on on the computer. Um, I really liked Rocket Power. I wanted to be a skateboarder. Jesus. Um, I got... Even though the girl was a rollerblader? She also skateboarded and surfed. Not super often. She was awesome. We love Reggie. Oh, Jesus. Reggie and Otto. Rocket. Anyway, so I had a little literally reggie rocket skateboard that my dad put um handles on so I could use as a scooter because i'm not very coordinated um and then when i got into college i ended up buying this tiny little skateboard that was hot pink and with blue wheels I forget what those are called penny boards that's right um because i wanted one and then i tried skating down the street and i was like i can't do this this is difficult mm-hmm. and that's my experience I I think it was probably around the time like starting to watch the X Games and stuff like I You watched the X Games? I did watch the X Games. So it was on ESPN. That doesn't seem like something you'd watch. What are you about? X Games are f- cool. I've never watched them. And then they they started expanding the X Games into The Y Games and the Z Games? No. It was skateboarding and then they introduced like BMX and then they started introducing like downhill skiing was part of it like now they do like i think they do like summer and summer and winter they do like big air in the um like snowboarding they do snowmobile like tricks Ooh, wait that's the thing 
Snowmobile tricks? Yeah, no. like they drive at this like ramp and they do like backflips and stuff I on snowmobiles. I could do that, but it would probably end up on you like would kill ridicu- yourself. It would end up on ridiculousness. Is you what would, would happen. You would die if a snowmobile landed on you. You would be like, I can't. I'm I would dead. literally just let go of it. Be like, bye bye. Yeah, and so like they introduced that, and then some of the other ones had. Um, uh, like the now a lot of them are because they're sponsored by like Red Bull and like they have a lot of like Travis Pastrana stuff in it <gasps> and so they love him now they include like cars like tricks and stuff like that like they Travis have Pastrana does the most they have a car that like they go off of something and it does like flips and like yeah it's a whole big old thing Travis Pastrana but X Games got pretty big and so. Um, I remember wanting a skateboard, asked my parents for a skateboard, I think I got one for Christmas, and it wasn't like a super real one, it, like the bottom said X Games on it, like I'm pretty sure it was That's meant- so cute! I'm pretty sure it was just meant to be like a, like, demo board, or like a, like, like a- put it up in your house board, mm-hmm. and it was definitely not super, super, Dirty. like, durable. And so I, I mean, remember- are skateboards durable? Let's be honest. No, but this one was not a- real one but i remember like trying to skateboard for a little while and because my couple of my friends could do it and i tried to teach myself out in the street and on the sidewalk and couldn't do it i, I could never get my second enough. foot on the board i, could I was do that. always next to it because i was scared i could do that but then like trying to go from standing on it back to pushing that was it it way over my head yeah. And so then I just ended up sitting on it and rolling down the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Well, you start at one corner of the driveway and then you go at an angle towards the sidewalk and you sit on it and you lean and then you go at an angle so and then you, you roll. So you used it as a bobsled. Kind of. And you go down the sidewalk and then you get up and you run to the top of the driveway and you do it all over again. And then that's how you run over your fingers. And that feels great, by the way. <laughs> but... I was, and then, like, high school, like, just never got into it. Like, I don't know. It was just yeah. never a thing that I'd wanted to do. I'd love to learn how to snowboard, but I oh, know... I, I know, tried that. I cannot do it. I know people talk about snowboarding. It's like, hey, it'd be easy if you knew how to skateboard, and I definitely don't know how to skateboard, so snowboarding's kind I of out of the question. I took a surfing lesson once. Okay. <laughs> That's as close as I got, and I tried snowboarding once. Yeah. I'm not good at it. Yeah. I, I fall on my face. That just like skiing. That makes sense. You're yeah. kind of clumsy. I'm extremely clumsy. Yeah. So, our sports minute. That, I mean, that's the end of our oh, yeah. Tony hawk Oh, I forgot all about the sports minute this week. Um, I mean... I mean, so... Oregon State won. They beat Stanford pretty bad. Yeah. I saw that. Uh, Chargers lost on... What was that Monday Night Football this mm-hmm. past week? Um, they lost the the Lions, or no, that was Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night Football? No, Sunday Afternoon Football. Whatever it was. Sunday. No, it was Sunday afternoon because the the football games this week were bad. Also, let's talk about that for a second. Who's gonna put on Thursday? You put the Bears and the Panthers on Thursday Night Football, two of the worst teams in the NFL. You put on primetime. We just talked Prime about time the television. Bears, but okay. The, they're two of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Bears and Panthers. Yeah. Thanks, Neil Armstrong. No. So, then... Call back to our last episode. Then, on Sunday Night Football... Also, by the way, the 
Thursday night game was like 16 to 13. Mm-hmm. The Sunday night game is the Jets and Raiders. And I believe the Raiders won like 17 to 14 or something like that. Also a horrible primetime football game. And then yesterday, they have the the Buffalo Bills who are on the downslope this season against the Denver Broncos, who mm-hmm. are a horrible football team. You're going to put three horrible games on primetime football in one in one week. I mean, what to be doing? fair, you're not going to like this answer. The Chiefs had a bye this week. Side note, Travis Jeez. Kelsey went... This is my little Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift moment. No, no one cares. Travis went to go see Taylor Swift in Argentina, and she changed the lyrics to her song Karma for him. No one cares. We love him and her. So We love her. Yeah, um... The Chargers play the Packers this week, yep. and I won my first fantasy game this week. Oh yeah, that was. Bad. I'm one in nine, baby. That was really bad. And also, to be fair, the other girl forgot to set her lineup until halfway through the morning games, and then definitely left in players that were not playing or had a bye. Yep. And so worked in my favor. That's how you won. Yep. I went three for four wins um yeah Ooh, i have a interesting fact from one of our previous episodes actually oh, you finally get around to this when you remember yes, it finally i've been i talked to my parents when they were visiting several weeks ago so sorry many weeks ago not we're several literally many go weeks see them ago. next week and i finally need to bring this up so you'll recall our episode about tanya harding i think that was episode eight sure um so, fun couple fun facts. Um, we have been to a bar where she's been. We. You and I. She has a mouse in her pocket. We. <laughs> We've been to a bar that she's been to because she used to live in my hometown. Weird. Super wild. Didn't she say she got into, like, bar fights yes, or something there? She did. Yeah, it's because she's a horrible human being. Oh, that's mean. Anyway, please don't come after us, Miss Tanya. Anyway. What's she going to do? Hit me with a pipe? Ooh. She didn't do that. No. Anyway, but she could. you'll also recall Mr. Gululi. Okay. Her ex husband. Yep. Gululi. Um, he, he used to be friends, or maybe he's still friends. No, he died. Did he die? I don't remember. I don't His know. His name changed to Stone or whatever. Okay. Um, I think he He, did. he used to know. be friends with. We're still his friends with one of my dad's friends. Okay. Isn't that weird? I'm like three degrees of separation from Miss Tanya Harding. Anyway, another thing. The bar that they talked about. Where finding they, all the evidence and everything. They found the napkin that Tanya supra- supposedly wrote yeah. about like the plan. Allegedly. Where, where uh, Nancy Kerrigan was going to be and yes. what time and the number of the the training center she was at so it is a i'm gonna tell you where the bar is because it's nowhere near where i lived or live currently it is called dockside it is in portland so if you want to drive by it you'll that's where it happened that's kind of cool right so just some weird random fun facts that my parents told me yep (laughs) thanks mom and dad for that one um anything else in your little list over there no. no. I finally remembered to mention that. Yes, you did. I it's literally... Been a while. Yeah. It's been a while! 
Oh my gosh. Y'all, sorry it was a, kind of a short episode. It was literally an hour and ten minute long documentary. It's literally not that short. Is it really not? Nope. I thought it was short. So, um, we will catch you next time. <laughs> yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at DumbAthleticsPod and Twitter at DumbAthleticsPod. That's D-U-M AthleticsPod on Twitter only. Dumb Athletics for Instagram spell normal. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple Podcasts, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts, including this one. Make sure you drop a review and subscribe and follow us on our social medias, which I already said. Um, and you'll hear from us next week, our th- big Thanksgiving week episode. Football! That's probably what it'll be, let's be honest. Yeah, probably. Um, if you have any suggestions... Of documentaries, you can DM us on the, our socials. Yep. Um, thank you for listening. Yep. Bye. And butts. No, it's and nuts. <laughs>